Welcome, true believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, I'll have you out of this hunk of junk before you can say, Spidey is a prince, and watch the language, fellas, because I shock easy. Here to provide analysis for those lines and so much more is my friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, I'm feeling good. I've been trying to be a little more athletic, so lots of energy. Uh, Wait, what's that? What's that mean? You're, you're being more athletic? More athletic, like running around with my kids and, you know, playing a little soccer here and there. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Sure. That's how I would find it. How about you, James B? You've been doing stuff? I only ate two of my Giardelli squares before I started this podcast instead of three. <laughs> I'm going to have this competition against a coworker uh, who couldn't lose the most weight, but I want to start in like two weeks. I need I need to eat some more food first. I'm going to bulk up, Eddie, and then I'm going to suddenly lose weight and I'll, I'll win the competition. <laughs> like I said, competitions against you are always real competitions. Mm. <laughs> James B., I've been more negative than a J. Jonah Jameson editorial. I'd like to begin today's show with a highlight from the books recovering that the listeners can listen for as we go through the summaries Spider-Man is hit by a barrel of brine, which will provide some silly comic relief and more trouble than any one of the foes he will encounter. I wish you were joking, but (laughs) I read your comment before I read the books, and yeah, it seems to be the... Because it carries over into two books. Yeah. (laughs) Tough stuff, man. Well, the first of these books is from September of 1980. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 208, Fusion, written by O'Neill, layouts by Romita Jr., art by Mingram, and Breeding. There's an interesting note here that says this plot was created by fans at MapleCon 2 in Ottawa. I I spent 10 minutes, couldn't find anything on that. Wow. I appreciate them reaching Mm -hmm. out to fans at this point. Well, Spidey is out trying to help the average New Yorker get through traffic when we see two twin brothers, Pinky and Hubert, in a fusion laboratory. Hubert, the cocky scientist, turns on an untested machine and his janitorial brother, Pinky, dives to save him. They merge in incendiary fashion. Peter's not feeling great about working at the Globe, particularly since there's a sleazy new circulation manager, Robert Dockery. So he swings over to visit Aunt May. Unfortunately, Fusion is there, and he swings into action trying to stop uh, him, them. The, the, the twins are merged into, like, one person here. We see Fusion difficult to combat, run off, and gain some more power through the third rail of the subway. Spidey runs into him again on the George Washington Bridge, where Spidey manages to weaken Fusion enough to rip the two brothers apart, leaving them separated and powerless. Hey, one brother is trying to stop the other, if he wasn't clear to the listener. The good conscious brother, which is uh, Pinky, really helps defeat Fusion. I actually like that as a recurring plot when someone within the villains leads their, their defeat. There's a new photographer hired by the Globe named Lance Bannon. This seems important as we know Peter eventually is going to get back to the Bugle in some way. And I feel like Lance Bannon is going to somehow be a problem for him because, you know, they just the way he was introduced you're like, here's a here's a problem. So, (laughs) well, I like how Aunt May says my Peter's getting interested in girls, Anna. And I really wanted to be. This is like a snarky comment, you know, being like, (laughs) you've been interested in so many girls lately, I can't keep track kind of thing, instead of like a, oh, my Peter, he's so interested in girls. (laughs) 
one thing you mentioned that she was in your quote, you mentioned she was talking to Anna Watson. It's Anna Watson who's actually in the hospital, not True. Aunt May. Yes. Um, and while she's there and uh, she looks out the window, Aunt May, because she can, you know, she's the one standing up now, and she sees Spider Man fighting the little monster. And she says, like, you know, that Spider-Man might not be uh, such a bad guy. Uh, he actually saved me once. So a little change there. Let's see if she still feels good about Spider-Man as the books continue with, From October of 1980, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 209 to Salvage My Honor by Denny O'Neill, Alan Weiss, Jackson, McLeod, Rubenstein, Wyack, and Milgram. Craven is tossing spears at a Spider-Man mannequin. At his Caribbean retreat when Calypso, his latest lady friend, strokes his ego before a trip to New York. In New York, Peter is out on a date with Deborah Whitman. Uh, it's been a while, James B., but I think it's time for an update on the complicated ladies in Peter Parker's life. Eddie, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a date in issue 209. She's actually just asking for help with her uncle, who is being threatened. Just keep reading on. You'll see what I mean. As Craven arrives in New York, his female friend Calypso releases the wild animal cargo and blames it on Spidey. With a slap to the face, she convinces Craven to go after his longtime arch nemesis. So naturally, Craven goes to the Globe and convinces the shady Mr. Dockery to issue a challenge to Spidey in the next paper. Spidey accepts the invitation and swings to the Natural History Museum at midnight. An old-fashioned craven Spidey brawl ensues using spears, nets, and fists. But Spidey beats him once again, and Craven is cuffed by the police. I think it's kind of weird that Calypso is the one trying to convince Craven to do things in this book. Uh, he, and he, like he's consistently trying to impress her is the vibe I got. Uh, we're starting to see the female characters like this over and over again. I agree with the part we're seeing these female characters in this manipulation way, but I don't know. I think it's a little different. I don't think he's trying to impress her. I think she's just manipulating him because he's not doing it for her. He's being played because she's in the background like in the shadows, like, yes, do what I want. You know, yes, this is how, you know, I want it to be. I want you to be the old Craven again. She's yes. just kind of controlling him. But if you really want a truly boss-level female character, you're going to need someone bigger than Calypso. You need someone big enough to potentially warn their own series or film. So one day I can quiz you about this in one of our MCU segments. But for now, we'll just go from November of 1980. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 210, the Prophecy of Madam Web. This is a very expensive book, Eddie. Written by Denny O'Neill, art by John Romita Jr. and Joe Sinat. Deborah Bootman is going to see a teacher of paranormal activity. So Peter heads over to the globe where armed thugs break the door down. Kidnap K.J. Clayton, the vaulted globe publisher. She was a woman, James B. You were correct. Uh, although Spidey shows up to stop them, somehow one of the goons escapes with KJ. Spidey finds a flyer on the floor he thinks the kidnappers dropped that has Madam Web on it. So he yo-yos his way on over to Madam Web and her very impressive setup. This is a book I don't own. It's like the only one between 150 and 400 I never had. And I had never read this book. I was surprised when I met her. I thought she was a villain and she's basically an oracle, Eddie. Can you tell the listeners why? 
Using her psychic powers and speaking in riddles, she deduces the kidnapping was an inside job concocted by a dockery and sends Spidey off to figure it out. Spidey manages to spoil Dockery's plan uh, by freeing all endangered parties and turns Dockery over to the police where he confesses to all crimes. But this leaves Peter jobless at the now defunct globe. Madam Webb calls Peter to tell him an employer will contact him soon and we see J. Jonah furious. He's unable to get a hold of Peter to proposition him back to the bugle. It's a nice plot twist there. Yeah. Uh, I also like how this story actually felt like part of the amazing Spider-Mans that are going on more than the other two books you mentioned earlier, because those felt like one-shot throwaway mags. This actually connected to the globe and to what's going on with J. Jonah Jameson and other people. Yeah, I, I was glad to see the globe was a shadier business than the bugle. So much criminal activity and like smoke and mirrors. I guess when the owner and the publisher are disgraced, that puts the paper out of business. Eddie, by that logic, the Daily Bugle should have been shut down four times just for Spider Slayer activity alone, plus another 23 times already. I mean, this guy created the Scorpion. I did like that story, except the part about Deborah Whitman going to see Madam Webb. Madam Webb seems bigger than a local psychic who would be like, hey, come, come pay five bucks for 10 minutes with me for advice. Hey, I've been to like one of these psychic readers once. How about you? I think I got my tarot cards read like as a senior in high school at some event. No, not really. Since we have a lot of books to cover, I'll squeeze in my story another time. But the next book is from December of 1980. Stanley presents Amazing Spider-Man 211, The Spider and the Sea Scourge by O'Neill, penciled by John Rita Jr., inked by Jim Mooney. Probably there's... No credits, actually, in this one. (laughs) Namor is angry. The government has been installing experimental power generators on the floor of the seabed. He crushes an underwater vehicle and saves the crew, but vows vengeance for anyone who disturbs his domain. Peter can't control his domain. His next-door neighbor is a budding musician caterwauling in the wee hours of the night. As promised earlier to Debbie, Peter swings off to check on Debbie's uncle. Debbie's uncle's boat crew refuses to deliver underwater power generators out at sea, and Spidey has to break up a scuffle. In the process, he gets a barrel of brine broken on him. Uh, And Debbie's uncle pleads to have Spidey crew his ship, but Spidey refuses. Two weird things happen here. One, the guy's like, hey, Spider-Man, why don't you crew my ship? (laughs) It's so weird. And then even weirder, Spider-Man gets a barrel of brine broken on him and he starts just itching and it... It continues for a very long time. I had no idea Brian was so itchy. Well, after Debbie expresses her concerns about her uncle more strongly, and Aunt May gives some words of encouragement, Spidey decides to head out to sea, helping the crew Debbie's uncle's freighter. After a long-winded fight with Namor, Spidey manages to convince him no one knew the devices were disturbing Atlantis. Namor believes Spider-Man and tells them to move the devices a two degrees south (laughs) and swims off, leaving a briny, itchy Spidey. This whole book was just like, hey, just move your thing over and uh, 
we're, we're good to go. Also, I told you Deborah Whitman was just telling Peter, oh, my uncle, oh, don't you know someone that yeah. can help him? Which conveniently led to Peter turning into Spider-Man so he can go check out what's going on down there. And he decides, I'll crew your ship. Did you see what the other sailors do, the ones who weren't going to work it? Yeah, they were like, well, if we're with Spidey, then we'll go, right? Is, right? It sounded kind of like that. It, I don't, you, t- you tend to have the books open in front of you more than I do. I don't have this one open, but it seemed a little more sus than that. Uh, let me see if I can call this one up really quick. Spider-Man shows up. He says he's going to do it. They go, oh, you got guts and we admire guts. So we're going to ship out with you just to see if your body can cash the check your mouth is writing. And then Spider-Man's like, blow me down, matey. So they want to go see if he's really that good. So they're going to all jump on the ship. And when Spidey's on the ship, too, he's just like throwing around boxes. I feel like he's super careless with like the cargo. He's got one box in one hand and one box in the other hand. Yeah, and meanwhile, he's got, like, buckets of Brian on the ship for some reason. <laughs> yeah, which, buckets of Brian in his office or wherever he was. Right, which, which are going to bother Spidey even into the next issue, which is from January of 1981. Let's go. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 212, The Coming of Hydro-Man by O'Neill, Ramita Jr., and Jim Mooney. Made it in 1981. We were... Turn to the sea on Debbie's uncle's freighter, where an accident occurs while lowering an experimental energy generator. By the way, Spidey's still on the boat. Uh, <laughs> he saves the crew. It's co- continuity, Eddie. We're going to be yeah. happy for that part. He, he saves the crew member who's zapped, but the crew member is not well. Um, when they all make it back to New York City, Peter gets a sweet call from J. Jonah, who delicately tries to lure Peter back to the bugle with a very diplomatic offer of... Parker, I've been trying to reach you all day. Listen, you interested in some work? Uh, He then asks for Peter to shoot some human interest stories, ending with... Strictly freelance, you understand. You're not back on payroll. (laughs) James B., what was your first job? Uh, The day I was eligible to work at McDonald's, like, I was there, and I... Took it right away. At the yeah. at the age of 15? Is that what you... It was 16, 16 in Massachusetts. Yeah. I just was like, the day I turned 16, I was in line, like, with my application. I handed it to them. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And all the tough and, you know, manly men were all, like, in the back. And they put me up front with all the, like, the young ladies. It's like this <laughs> little delicate little boy that I was. Oh, and I always remember thinking I was one of the few guys in the front. That sounds like a a major advantage. I would go for that for sure. Well, I uh, think it was more like this guy's safe to be up front. Yeah, he's he's oh, polite and he's a nice looking little kid. So. <laughs> the uh, the gnarly uh, crew members in the back. Right. All the, <laughs> all the cool kids were in the back. Yeah. I was like uh, up front. Yeah, true. How about uh, you? you know I, I mean, I, not my first job, but I do have a fond recollection of like my third job when I was working basically as a custodian in the dorms at Michigan State. I loved that job. I was always like, I mean, I could go back to this job. So I, I guess that's why Peter's like, oh, yeah, let me go back to Bugle. I had such good times there. Not remembering, of course, he never got paid very well. And he's a graduate student in science. There should be more for him. I guess it's good to have J. Jonah back in the fold here. Spider-Man's moving boxes again in the beginning. <laughs> Uh, yes, and, and he swings a box and he knocks the crew member into the water. And yeah. then later on, they're like, "That guy's missing." You know, what I mean? like, like Spider-Man causes this guy to get 
right? I think that's why I said he was being so careless in the last one, because yeah. I remember this whole debacle is because Spider-Man's careless. Correct. With it's called The Coming of Hydro-Man. If you wanted to put in the, if it says in the Wikipedia page, Hydro-Man, it should say, created by an accident caused by Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Who's hanging around a ship <laughs> well past when he should be. He's got better things to do. He should go out, yeah, relax. Right. He should go take Deborah Whitman out to a bar or something. Peter hasn't made it there with Debbie yet, but across town, Maury Bench, the crewman who suffered the accident, discovers he can turn into water and travels through the sewer system. Oh, this is just so gross to me. Snuffing out enemies and looking for Spidey. Spidey runs into him, but when the Hydro Man flees down the drain, Peter issues a challenge through the bugle to duel at noon the next day. Using the midday heat, some towels, and newspaper, Spidey evaporates his foe. But James B., I had trouble writing that because I was so grossed out. Maury Bench is sitting on a bar stool and just turns into water and dribbles out into the street. I'm thinking of him as water going across the bar floor. And then he's like in the New York sewer system. Oh, so gross. And at one point, Hydro Man pops out of a janitor's mop bucket. In the very next panel, Eddie, he pops into a girl's shower. So we get to uh, see the soon-to-be-infamous female showering in a comic book, which will not be the last time. Because the target audience, you understand, is a 12- to 24-year-old male, and they figure they could enjoy those scenes. Well, that's what I said when MJ was taking the bath. and They're going to keep coming. I don't remember them myself, but now that I see this, I'm like, this is a pattern that I feel like they're going to keep working on. Because these comics are going to get really popular in the 80s. This is what they're going to do. Speaking of the 80s, like you said, we're 1981. And from February of 1981, Stanley presents... The Amazing Spider-Man 213, All They Want to Do is Kill You, Spider-Man, by O'Neill, Ramita, and Mooney. On a dark and stormy night, a strange shadowy figure busts the wizard out of Riker's island prison. So uh, the character breaking the wizard out of prison is all shadowy and remains unseen. He has this incredible device that blows up the prison wall, but then he and the wizard escape through the rough waters by swimming. Uh, he's got this amazing device, and they swim away. Uh, but while they're swimming, he the shadowy, you know, prison break guy calls up this whale octopus sea monster with big, strong human arms to destroy the police trying to catch them in in boats. Weird and crazy. I actually don't even remember in this book, which I've read in the last couple of days. I remember so many scenes of this guy being shadowy. I don't even remember who this was yet. I, 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 I don't even recall. I'm not looking ahead. I'm like, wait, uh, get to the end of my story because I don't remember who this is. That's how obscure they make this character. Well, meanwhile, Peter is trying to clean the brine out of his costume in the tub. Hey, that's stuff. There it is again. Yeah, the brine's back. <laughs> Uh, a very, very difficult villain for Spidey. But as he leaves his apartment, he sees his new neighbor and it's love at first sight for Peter. With Pep in his step, he goes out on a date with Debbie anyways, and she awkwardly kisses him. Okay, so this, I think, is actually a date. Maybe it's a little more than Peter wanted. Right? Well, then I, it, it's time. I, I think it's finally time for the complicated <laughs> ladies in Peter Parker's life. All right, so Deborah Whitman is into Peter, 
but he lets the reader know he's not into her. Well, he's two-timing her with Sissy Ironwood in the Marvel team-up books. While he's just trying to get over Mary oh Jane my. and Betty Brant, right? Who Harry right. thinks Peter just broke up with. That's how fresh it is. Wow. And Eddie, there is a whole will they, won't they uh, going on with uh, April May. It's like the uh, Tony and Angela from Who's the Boss or the Sam and Diane from Cheers. It's in full swing. They walk in hating each other every time. Also, he's super into Felicia Hardy. Remember, he got kissed by her, and he's a young man. If a girl kisses you on the lips, apparently not Deborah Whitman, but he could fall head over heels. And now, Eddie, new brunette in the mix? I'm I'm not even going to let you forget about that he smooched Natasha not long ago, too. And I was like, oh, we're not into each other. I I kind of count her. It's true. And if we're going to do that, I think he was actually a little inappropriate with Dazzler. Uh, when he right. saw her, because he he told her he could repay her in in we'll a certain find way. A way to repay you. Yeah, so <laughs> he's super busy. Eddie, I don't know this brunette. Wow. I don't know who this brunette is at all. This neighbor, I don't have any. She's, not holding. She gets her a full panel, like close up, and we get a real good look at her. So yeah, and she's the only kind of active brunette going on right now because Betty Brant's gone and everybody else is blonde, so it makes her stand out a little different, you know. Uh, well, Eddie, it, uh, thank you for bringing back this segment. Uh, what's it called again? You've been listening to The Complicated Ladies of Peter Parker's Life. Well, back home, Peter's costume is nearly ruined with a lot of the color bleached out of it. He goes out swinging and finds a robot spider, which he quickly destroys, but also gives the wizard a read on how to find or control the spider sense. This gives the pair of villains a chance to lay a trap. The trap doesn't work perfectly, but they escape by lighting Peter's apartment building roof on fire, thereby endangering the renter's meeting that is currently happening on the roof. As Spidey attempts to save the last innocent victim, we see him crash through the flaming roof at the very end. Wait, do we not know who the bad guy is? They I don't it? think so. I, oh, I good. I was like, revealed. I, I'm like, I can't remember who this was. I, was like, gonna... I guess, guess it's because I didn't read it. Yeah, it's not revealed at the end. I, I got to tell you, though, this fight scene is so <laughs> silly. It's just the wizard and shady, shady bad guy with like a laser gun standing on a roof like with nothing else around and the wizard's got his zapper out of his hand and the shady guy's got his gun spider-man throws a bunch of bricks at him and that's how (laughs) they decide to leave afterwards so goofy i don't like getting bricks thrown at me i would leave too (laughs) you're not a super villain james b (laughs) i know but it's just it's part of the uh like you know in the run hide fight like you know if you're being attacked the, the third thing you do is throw heavy objects at people they will run away too so you know in this book where it's spider's co- spider-man's costume is ruined because he's trying to get rid of the, the brine uh if you look at the panels when he goes to swing away with later on uh-huh his costume's just totally back to normal <laughs> No, it's kind of lightened up a little bit. No, no, no. If you look at page 17, when he does the second swinging off, it's totally back to normal. Okay. <laughs> and the Brian story is just gone. <laughs> my sand, really? My Brian, it's all over. Okay. I. <laughs> no resolution. All right, I'm just checking here on page 17. He, he does, his costume does get lighter. Right. You know, he makes a new one. I know. How can no, he make a so- new one so fast? He's sewing it when he's when Deborah Whitman's talking to him. Expert. Because he's how he says how humiliating. I have to sew myself a new 
Spidey suit or keep wearing the faded one. Good thing Aunt May taught me to needlecraft, eh? And then he gets pricked because Deb calls and she's, of course, like, I hope I'm not bothering you, Peter, which is like, you know, what she says all the time. And then well, why did he just do that instead of go through all this trouble with his itchy costume? Fine. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He sews a new one, but it's yeah, like. And then, and then there's a knock on the door and it's the, it's the new neighbor, right? Uh, and he's all distracted by her. You know what I mean? Yes, while he's sewing. It's true. Let's get to our sponsor here. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Eddie, having the best smart home security systems can give you extra peace of mind, especially as many people look to return to the office or book foreign holidays to England to celebrate British Pie Week this March. Eddie, <laughs> are you going away in March? Oh, yes, I am. I definitely am. Okay, well, Eddie, you don't want to leave your home like just completely unprotected. There's people out there with big bad guns that can blow holes in it, like the wizard's unknown person here. And you might not have, uh, you know, neighbors like this brunette there checking up on you all the time. So Eddie, with this new home security system, it's not just about trying to like deter opportunists, but making sure that a determined burglar will have difficulty forcing their way into your home without being caught and making sure they do not want to return, Eddie. So please check out B.O.B. Security. They will install 20 barrels of brine all about your house, above windows and doors. It's safe for you, but dangerous for unsuspecting intruders. By the way, you can, yes, you. I know you're going to ask this. I'll just tell you. You can brine your meat while you wait out the creeps, Eddie. Eddie, B.O.B. Security is a salty, tasty, itchy deterrent. Mention the Celeste Reed Spider-Man promotion. They will include two additional buckets of brine for free. Whoa, a $300 savings, Eddie. Check them out on Twitter or see their ad in Campus Security and Life Safety Magazine. B.O.B. Security, it's barrels of fun stopping crime. Well, I know my father-in-law brines our Thanksgiving dinner every year. This is very effective for cooking. Uh, security, I, I guess if Peter Parker's the one breaking in my house, <laughs> he would be like, oh, well, I don't want to go near that brine. It's it's an itchy deterrent. No one wants brine all over them. It ruins Peter their clothing. I, I, who else has ever itched for brine? I I've it's, gone into the ocean and out of the ocean, and I'm just fine. Right? How, how much salt is in the ocean water, do you think? What percentage of the water? Uh, well, Googling it. Like uh, 10, 10, 7%. Oh, okay. Well, that's basically what Brian is. Yeah, it's about, Brian, <laughs> Brian, runs, Brian runs about 5 to 8%. So, But you're not really itchy coming on, huh? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe you're just a special kind of person yeah, because... <laughs> You know, regular regular people like Spider Man, they it really it bur it destroys their their clothing and their and their they shake in fear. But hey, I don't know if you if you're gonna go away and you want to risk it, you don't need to get Bob Security. But uh, I'm thinking our listeners might want to check it out. You know, I'll, so you know, yeah, I'll let the listeners tell me about the brine. It's... Yeah. Hey, is there anything else you want to talk about in these uh, six books? Uh, nope, I'm good. Well, Eddie, how can people reach us? You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And I'm James B. joined by... Eddie! And remember, Hydro Man, Namor, Madam Web, Craven, and the Scorpion can only bother Spidey for one issue, while a barrel of brine can defeat Spidey forever. Goodbye! Goodbye!
Eddie, you have, you have a second close in here. What is this nonsense? Uh, it's read, about read, Deborah Whitman becoming read, read the your, villain. Read your, read your close. Read your and remember, close. listeners, Debbie Whitman can only be ignored and forgotten by Peter Parker and Spider-Man for so long before she becomes a villain. I know <sighs> she will be a villain. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know, but how, she's going to be a villain, right? No, she's not malicious. She's like pathetic, though. That, that's partially why she's going to be a villain. She's going to have this big transformation from being like this. Oh, oh I'm so sad about everything. To like time uh, to die. I don't know. All you I... people who have treated me bad. I, how many villains? That's like their story. Like I was treated so badly, and now everyone will pay for it. Society. <laughs> it's I Deborah just... Whitman's story. I I, I know it. It's going to happen. Okay. Well, well, let's take turns naming villains real quick. Who this happened to? You Thought get to society go first. Wrong them. Okay. All right. Uh, it, yeah, and they can't be bad guys to start and then just become badder. Okay. Uh, I need a. I need to look at the list. A list of villains here to really yes. think about this. I like that you make this proclamation. You're like, it happens all the time. <laughs> this does happen all the time. I just can't remember everyone's name right now. 